Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Mike Train. And I am Ice Shane. <laughs> it was hard to pick a nickname. Yep. I was like, well, whatever. Ice, Ice Train? <laughs> I didn't think I should have known better. Welcome to episode 199, WCW Monday Night Nitro. Holy shit, 199? Wow. On the cusp of 200. Crazy. Crazy. We've been doing it for a minute. I mean, yeah, we definitely have. There's so much wrestling I've watched. Oh, yeah. I joined in at, in the early 60s. 62, I think it was. Something like that. 62, and then came on permanently at 65 or 66, so... Mm, the first, that first Wicked. year, you moved through a lot of time pretty quickly. Yes. Slows down more... Every every year, the, the further you go, the more it takes to get through a year. By the time yeah. we got to ECW, <laughs> we're really slowed down. We've covered so much, so many ECW shows. Yes, thank but you. hey, thank you, rotating champions. There's definitely three different products at the moment. That's for sure. You can't say that. Can't say they're all the same. Definitely not. Nope. Be it production value or uh, styles of matches, you know, so there is variety at the moment. So this was the 33rd episode of Nitro, produced by WCW. It would take place on April 22nd, 1996, from the Albany Civic Center in Albany, Georgia. But it would be a taped show that would be shown on April 29th, 1996, with a TV rating of 2.1, because it aired at 7 o'clock before a basketball game, instead of at its normal time. Ah. 2.1 good or bad? It was definitely lower than what they were used to. Okay. Again. It was like an like entire point less than what they were used to. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because people were just like, oh, if I'm going to tune in, this is when I tune. And the yeah. reason that they did the tape was because a lot of the WCW guys were over in Japan doing New Japan a New Japan show called Battle Formation. Super which, show. We're, which we're not covering. but What was the highlight? I believe that's the show that Shinya won the belt back from the the guy who wanted it January fourth show. I Let's think that's see. what happened. Battle Sorry for asking. <laughs> but you know, I love me some Shinya Hashimoto. 96. Maybe I'll check out the match. We have Ishizawa and Nagata over Kanemoto and Atani. Just give me that headline match. Headline match all the way at the bottom. Hashimoto over Tanaka or Takata. Yeah, Takata, the the guy from UWFI or UWFI. I always want to say the UWFI or UFI. UWFI. That's the invasion angle. That's what inspired the upcoming NWF. Savage had a match. Savage over Tenzin. Yeah. Oh, that sounds. I mean, there was there was some interesting WCW interpromotional matches, but there wasn't enough there to cover it. Now, just Hawk Animal and Power Warrior over Rick Scott Steiner and Scott Norton. 
sounds like no one's really getting lifted for showing up. No, no, one's selling, no one's selling in that match. <laughs> if any, yeah, if, if the big bump guy is Rick Steiner <laughs> in the match. Tenru over Fujinami. Great Muda over Shinzaki. Great Sasuke. Or Sasuke, however the hell you Sasuke pronounce it. Sasuke and Liger. Over Liger. Liger. Yeah. Yep. The... Uh, Macho Man working in New Japan is maybe the most interesting. Thing I think that would be. Good match. I mean, it's like, a ten-minute match. He's got the mo- he's you know, when you think of WWF style, I kind of immediately think of like Macho Man, in a way. He just kind of fits that '80s period of it so well because he's so over the top. Oh, everything's he, he so would, simple to understand. Been, he would have been so over in Japan. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Okay, sorry for that. No worries. But we are in Georgia. We are indeed. So what deliciousness did Shane bring us this week? Well, here we are in Georgia. Have we ever been to Albany, Georgia before? I don't think we've been to Albany, Georgia. Okay. I didn't know I that we've been in Albany, Georgia because I brought a couple of things from there before. But I did what I do, where I look up to see popular foods, beverages, desserts. T-shirt I wear. I did what I do. I did, I, did, I, I did what I do. I was pretty good. I was like, damn it. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, that. yeah. But it'd have to have the, well, at the well, very beginning oh, of, of course, it. Because that's usually course, how it starts. Yes, that is exactly. Um, yeah, I did what I do. We, sounds we like just a change from the, the wire. just change the segment <laughs> to, well, I, I did, did what, what I, I do. do. There you go. I did what I do with Shane. Or, in this case, I Shane. Yeah, so I did what I do. Got on the, the interwebs and looked up popular foods, beverages, dessert ideas, whatnot from the Georgia area. I didn't specify Albany. I just picked Georgia as a blanket because I don't it's know. warm and comfy and cozy. Yes. I imagine Albany's probably just like a suburb of Atlanta or something. You don't have to look it up. But there can't be that many places in Georgia <laughs> anybody gives a shit about. So I, I mean that respectfully. I passed on the sandwich. I think I've already done the sandwich. I passed on the cocktail, and I went straight for dessert because... It's Short a quick and sweet. show, exactly. Short and sweet show. We should have a, a a quick sweet dessert to go with it. Georgia is known for their peaches, but I believe I think I brought something with peach already. I may be wrong, but I I just totally went around the peaches because that's just basic for Georgia. But I looked up and found that one of their more popular desserts there is the buttermilk pie. If you've never had buttermilk pie, Michael and I discovered tonight that uh, buttermilk pie and something known as chess pie are very serious. Chess, C-H-E-S-S, not chest as in boobs. Sable. But yeah, buttermilk pie is similar to and sometimes confused with chess pie, but it does not include cornmeal, which is used in the chess pie to uh, thicken it up a little bit. This one just uses uh, a mixture of sugar, butter, eggs, buttermilk, and all-purpose flour. You can doctor it up with vanilla, lemon zest, nutmeg, coconut, whatever your your taste buds desire. There are several places here in Oklahoma City that sell them. Unless, of course, I'm actually seeking them out, then those places are closed or have recently switched up their menu. But thankfully, I can't believe I'm saying thankfully because I'm not a fan of this person, but thankfully Toby Keith, I love this bar and grill, has buttermilk (laughs) pie on their dessert list. Cut and paste that line for it. I guess, is he the guy that has the song that's uh, I Love This Bar? Yes. yes. And that's why it's called. I never realized that was yeah. his song. 
I love this bar. I'm surprised. Uh, he, who knows? He may have a bar called Bread Solo Cup too, because mm-hmm. that's another one of his drinking. Oh, all songs. the all the drinks come in Red Solo cups. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. That's that. See, I don't know this much. Wasn't there I once? It was somebody's birthday. I don't remember it. As a uh, lifelong fan of the Dixie Chicks, I, I still have a uh, Futk shirt at home, just because. So, how do you like him now? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He didn't make the pie. I, I'm trying to think of another song lyric that I can throw back, but all I can think of is Kenny Chesney. He makes or he thinks my tractor's sexy, but oh yeah, I'm sure it's as good as that once was. My favorite, yeah. one of my favorite, um, or as good once as it ever was. Favorite riffs on yeah. the podcast ever was the, the, these guys just you know making up country songs, and uh, it's like uh, uh, you know I love this bar. There's a lot of hot guys here, <laughs> and uh, I think about it and sing it all the time. It's very funny. <laughs> Can we have a little less talk and a lot more action? Oh, good lord. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm trying not to participate in these song lyric things, <laughs> even though I know they are Toby Keith song lyrics. But yes, buttermilk pie. I'm not going to lie. This is, is actually a tasty pie. Um, me, me too. <laughs> it's very rich. You're not going to lie? That's a song. Me, I know. me too's a song t- title as well. Yeah, pre the movement, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine Toby Keith had a lot to say about that. No, Toby Keith has a lot to say about a lot of things. At least he used to. I haven't heard much from him in a, in a while. Yeah. I, I hope you're getting better because I don't wish cancer or no. you know, terminal illness on anyone. But I wish you made better music and weren't <laughs> such a tool in public. But anyways, but what are we talking about? You've got a, a great. Buttermilk pie here. Shut up, Matt, with your damn lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a blast over here. Yeah, he is. Yeah, buttermilk pie. It's it's nice and sweet. Very simple. Uh, theirs is topped with just uh, some homemade, homemade whipped cream. Yeah. I like mine drizzled with a little bit of like fruit sauce or preserves or something like that. A raspberry sauce, a strawberry sauce. I doctored it up with a maraschino cherry just because it needed some color. Yeah, yeah. That is Tasty. one thing about it is that it is about as beige as beige gets. Yes, I mean it's got a, a good golden color on the top when they, yeah. you know, when it's baked up right. Nice flaky crust, nice creamy ingredients. I will say that it is rich as hell. Yeah, this that slice could have been half rich. the size because I, if I start to nod off, I, I, I might need to be get my blood sugar checked. I mean, yeah, it's it's good. Any think it'd be good with coffee. Any other one-liners you want to throw out there, Matt? Nah, <laughs> nah. Maybe something right. about a truck. Maybe, maybe beers ago I would have. But... <laughs> Jesus, uh, I prefer whiskey for my man and beer for my horses. So. Is that him too? Can we just get drunk and be somebody? <sighs> <laughs> I was somebody before I was drunk. Yeah, that's all I got to say about Toby Keith. I love this bar. I, I've stepped inside of one officially. I made it to the host stand, and luckily they have their pickup window right there. So yeah, two steps in. When you walked into the bar, did out. you think that there was a lot of hot guys? In there? No. <laughs> I imagine the it, most you, of the clientele. Did you feel like you should have been a cowboy? <laughs> that's Kid Rock, right? No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's similar. No, he says I'm uh, a cowboy. Not I should have been a cowboy. Now I gotta look. What what can I tie this up with? Uh, 
Well, courtesy of the red, white, and blue, we can move on. Thank you. To uh, something that happened right around the same time. God, I wish as I did. Nitro. <laughs> the Cranberries' third album, see, I to the talk all about Faithful them. Departed, would be released the same day, containing songs such as "Salvation," "Free to Decide," "Hollywood," and "When You're Gone." So the other singles are off the album before this. Possibly like the zombie, two albums before. Yeah, Zombie and... Um, Linger. Linger from the, the albums before. Okay, because I was like, I only know Salvation. I've never listened to a Cranberries record. I know all three of those songs very well because, well, they've been played regularly since they came out. Free to Decide was the uh, first and only song I attempted to learn on the guitar. Oh. When You're Gone is a beautiful song. Yes. Um, Why don't you cranberry deep dive? You Never salvation. Cran- I mean, cranberries are amazing. Yes, all these songs are are great. There's you know another one on there that every December eighth comes around. I have to play it. I just shot John Lennon. It's yeah, basically just a, a storytelling of the night John Lennon was killed. But uh, old Dolores, her her voice is instantly recognizable. Yeah, instantly I mean, recognizable yeah. and. Very difficult to duplicate. Yeah, it's weird that I've never done a Cranberries deep dive because they have a kind of nobody sounds like the Smiths, but this definitely like sound has more of a I don't know that kind of a moody thing. It's obviously a different vocal delivery, but yeah, it's kind of like pain, oh, what if the uh, there's no way that they don't love the Smiths too? <laughs> if your heart isn't is is painting her her voice will sing for you. If you're pissed off about something her voice will scream exactly what you need to to be screaming or you know make you feel what you need to be feeling um yeah cranberries are fucking great it's it's really sad that she left us way 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 too soon but the i mean i imagine they have a lot of albums but those two are you know obviously the most popular salvation is the third most famous single I mean, really? they did. They I, did, I assume so, based on how often I hear these songs in the wild. They did five <laughs> between '93 and 2001. Oh damn! And then took basically a break and didn't release another one until 2012. I didn't think that they even went that far. Yeah, I figured I was it was say, like maybe like, like a a decade, a off. two or three record thing. But huh? And then the five years later, they released a basically a greatest Greatest hits hits. type thing but was unplugged in orchestral versions of songs so they were slightly different and then they were actually recording a new album when Dolores passed away that I've listened to the album and you can definitely tell that they had not finished everything so like Looking at it critically, it is not the best album. No. Also, like, whose best album is their last album? Unless, you know, unless they disbanded on, like, album two or something, or three. The last Black Sabbath album is not the best Black Sabbath no. album. The last Whether... Evanescence album is not the best Evanescence album. I mean, I don't know if there is one, but that's just a personal <laughs> the, opinion. The, the first one's the only good one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not... So sure. Hey, it's, but it's hey, got, I don't, it's got I equal parts know. emo and screamo in it, man. If Ben Moody's not on the not on the album, then it shouldn't be called Evanescence. I can't to believe. Begin with. Can't believe that I didn't know you guys were Evanescence fans. Okay. Amy Lee should just call her fucking albums Amy Lee. <laughs> yes. Damn. Ben, ben Moody. Is, I was his taking ben a Moody turn. Ben Moody was that the Evanescence. 
I believe you. Is he kind of like when... Uh, he was the songwriter. When Matt Sharp left um, Weezer and they never made another good record? <laughs> no, Ben Moody was the songwriter. And it just, like, oh, everything really? about Evanescence was... He hired Amy Lee to be the singer. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't know this was such a hot button issue. I just never liked any of the songs that I heard, so I never... I'm not saying it. that it's an amazing album by any yeah, means. Yeah, yeah, but you enjoy it. I mean, right. I enjoyed yeah. it for what it was at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not still, something that I It's go one back. of those I, I throw it on every now and then just yeah. to you know have a throwback to the early 2000s, to have a, a flashback in my mind of Daredevil or Elektra or whichever oh, movie wow. it was that <laughs> Bring Me to Life was on. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about Cranberries. That's right. Cranberries are fucking amazing. Yeah, that last album. They had already announced their tour dates um, on that last album, and I bought tickets to the Denver show. So it's like the Judd's. Before the Judd's reunion. Yeah, I was both, because Cranberries are my wife's favorite band. Oh, wow. Um, She absolutely loves Dolores. Like Dolores' solo albums. You should even Mm -hmm. check those out. That's how my sister was. So yeah, you're also very familiar with the Cranberries. Yeah. That's cool. Very familiar. Yeah, I mean, it's your wife's favorite band. There's no way you haven't heard it all. I mean, they were songs of my my high school years, so... I always liked the singles a lot, but I never listened to any records. Like, I had to do the deep dive. Yeah, Cranberries were one of those great road trip selections. Just because you, you know, you have your jam music, you have your emotional stuff, and then you just have the ride with your hand doing the little thing through the waves out the window. Yeah, it's considering that the uh, how not how like alternative it is. It's kind of crazy how big of those songs were as like radio songs because they're like kind of weird i i don't think they're weird because a lot of weird music but they're not very like typical for like radio rock i think without the cranberries there wouldn't have been a lot of the late 90s artists or female artists that we had because yeah. you know dolores caught people's attention yeah and for sure wouldn't let go the voice is absolutely unmistakable and then you had you know i mean i 90- think it's a it's a very good like in between your U2 and your more extreme alternative. It's like yeah, right it's like, there in the well, middle. Because it has it. some like shoegazy vibes in it, and then it has the Britpop vibes. Like I said, yeah. Smiths or uh, U2, the, 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 the moodier earlier ones, you know, not as much Oasis in there, but no. yeah, there's no way that. Uh, Actually, it's a pretty good replacement for U2 because at the. When these albums were coming out, basically you two had gone to their disco tech <laughs> album stuff. Which, <laughs> They've done a lot. Which was just oh. weird. Yeah. But this was more of like what you two fans kind of the wanted, stuff. That, yeah, the stuff that everybody... The reason hear. that they're the, one of the biggest bands on the planet is more similar to this sound than stuff they've released since then. Well, let's talk some wrestling. Shall we? We get the Nitro intro with the flames going down the street Still into, the, into the logo. Such a good intro. Eric Bischoff then welcomes us to the show, and he's joined by Steve Mongo McMichael and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And they discuss the matches of the show. It's always funny because when we do Nitro, I'm like, oh yeah, Bischoff and Mongo, because we don't see them very often as we typically watch. Just the, the pay-per-views, pay-per-views, and it's like, oh, well, they're not really around. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the television flavor. Oh, Weird. Mongo. But we then go straight to our first match. Harlem Heat 
of Booker T and Stevie Ray versus Sting and Lex Luger for the WCW World Tag Team Championships. And Eric tells us that this is actually a rematch from WCW Saturday Night. Jimmy Hart had been in Harlem Heat's corner during that match and had thrown the towel in, costing them the match. Okay, see, I missed the part where they were saying that he was in their corner. I just heard something about a towel being thrown in. Like, who? Why? Huh? Eric may have not technically said exactly who he was in the corner of, because Eric's not a very good... Anything? Anything, exactly. (laughs) But I did find this information out. But the match gets going as Stinger starts it off with some arm work, only for Booker to escape with a hook kick. But Sting comes right back with a clothesline that turns Booker T inside out. The Stinger continues with a body slam and a jumping elbow drop for a two count, brings Lex in for a double back elbow for a near fall. Booker then escapes Luger's grasp with a rake of the eyes and brings Stevie Ray in to work over Lex. Luger avoids a charge into the corner and he starts laying it in on Stevie before bringing Sting in for a double clothesline. The two teams trade holds, turnbuckle smashes, shoulder tackles, drop kicks, and second rope double axe handles as we head to commercial. When we return, Sting is escaping a Booker T hold with elbows, only to be dropped with a side slam, follows up with an elbow drop that the Stinger avoids, so Booker spin a Rooney's up into a leaping leg lariat. Booker T doesn't make a cover, instead poses for the crowd, but he finally gets a two count. Like the heel he is. Stevie hits a bicycle kick that gets a near fall on Sting. Works him over in the corner with right hands and a headlock. And Booker comes back in to send the stinger to the ropes, only for both men to hit clotheslines for a double KO. And Sting makes the crawl to the corner for the hot tag. Luger comes in with multiple clotheslines to everybody, a power slam to Stevie Ray and makes a cover, only for Booker T to break it up. Everybody's in the ring now brawling. When the Stinger gets dumped out to the floor, allowing Harlem Heat to hit a powerbomb top rope elbow drop combo, Jimmy Hart then runs down to the ring with a towel in hand, and he throws it into the ring. But Booker catches it before it hits the mat and throws it back out. Stevie then rolls to the floor and grabs Jimmy to throw him into the ring to Booker T. But all this distraction allows Sting to come back in and roll up Booker for the pin... And, and the win. win. So, they've been doing this, the, like, Sting-Lex thing. Is Lex going to turn? Is Lex going to turn? Did they really tease that in this match? Jimmy Hart was associated with Lex, and then Lex backed him off recently. And now is he playing the other side, you know, to keep the tag belt on Lex? I or don't know why what? Jimmy Hart is doing this. Yeah, or like, and is Lex still, like, are they still, the like, teasing shows, it, him as a heel gave him a. He, I mean, a Jimmy. Jimmy was Lex's manager. Oh, yeah. For yeah, but Lex eventually, because you know they did the, you know, will they? I mean, will, will he? Will he? Will he? Won't he? Spoiler alert! There's a whole Jimmy Lex Luger thing that happens at the next pay per view. So maybe there is concerns. Like the reason he's throwing in yeah. the towel in for Harlem Heat 
is to help Lex. Yeah, I just couldn't tell if though they didn't seem like they teased the Lex turn as much as they had landed on thick recently. But uh, you know, just just asking the hard hidden questions, I guess. I mean, there's no hard hidden answers. They're not telling us any of the story. So uh, heels heels do heal things. Heel managers are even bigger heels to their heel team sometimes. I don't know. We then go to our second match. Fire and Ice of Scott Norton and Ice Train versus the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott Steiner. And the last time we saw the Steiners was at Gangsta's Paradise, episode 166. Damn, it has been a while. A little bit. Scott Norton at World War 395, episode 173. And Ice Train at Havoc 93. Damn. Episode 103. Yeah. Was he Ice Train back then or was he someone Yeah, different? he was still Ice Train okay. back then. This is actually Fire and Ice's debut as a team. Scott Norton, uh, you know, tired of living in Japan. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I mean, got, got him on contract to come work WCW. I mean, yeah. Probably Eric's like, uh, we need to justify paying this guy this money, so uh, put him in a tag team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, he's more famous for his Japanese work than anything else, right? Yeah. He's Scott Norton. So the commentators talk about how the Steiners will be on opposite teams at Slamboree. So I'm guessing that they already decided on what the teams are going to be. For Slamboree. Because they, well, te- they tease probably it. Probably a smart idea. Yeah, they tease it in the first match as well. They say that Lex is teaming with Hawk because Hawk and Animal will be Slamboree as well on opposite teams. It's, or on set different teams, same as the Steiner brothers. So that got me scared. Because I was like, ah. Random tag team tournament. Yeah, uh, lottery. We've Leave seen the this. Lottery, we've baby. seen this before. Does but, not you know, work out well. But we'll see how we'll see how they it goes put the teams in the together beforehand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe yeah, it'll, maybe it'll be better. I mean, seen them there's no their, way it's got. There's no way it could be worse. Is all I'm seeing saying. them with their random draw on the fly, and yeah, it's never really been a a success. So maybe maybe this one will be different. Gotta be. <laughs> So the match gets going with Ice and Rick feeling each other out until Ice Train nails a power slam and an avalanche splash in the corner. Big boy's doing big boy things. Ice goes for a second one, only for Rick to move and drill Ice Train with a release German. Oof. Scott and Norton both tag in and square off with fire, no-selling shoulder blocks, only to be taken down with a T-bone suplex. Steiner continues with an overhead belly-to-belly suplex that sends Norton to the floor. But Scott returns him to the ring before coming off the top rope, only for Fire to catch and press slam Steiner down to the mat. I mean, this is what you want from four big boys. Yes. It's them to just cut the bullshit, don't work the wrist, just slam each other around. Yeah. Yeah. Trade suplexes, because I believe you can take it. Norton hits multiple clotheslines before going for about the third one. Only to be caught and hot-shotted across the top rope. Rick tags in and goes for a back elbow. Only to just bounce off fire. Before Ice comes in to hip-toss Steiner. Scott runs into a clothesline from Ice Train and everybody is now in the ring. With Rick being thrown to the floor by fire. While Ice hits a big boot and nearly steps 
on Scott. Ice Train then continues with a press slam of Steiner, but he telegraphs a back body drop, allowing Scott to set up for a Tiger Driver, only for Norton to roll back in to break it up with a clothesline. Fire takes Scott over to the floor with a, another clothesline, while Rick has rolled in to deliver a Steiner line to Ice for the pin and, and the, the win. win. I was kind of shocked that it was uh, just a Steiner line yeah, that I think won it, the match. I think it was because he caught him off guard, but yeah, it was like they did. At least it wasn't like he didn't like see him come in or they didn't like reverse whip. He like just kind of caught him off guard. But I was surprised too. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. But I mean, it's, I wasn't, it's not I, just a clothesline. I wasn't expecting line. to see a Steiner screwdriver with these four guys, but maybe, uh, you know, the top rope bulldog, you know, yeah. maybe. I guess it just got to be short and sweet, big power move match, because, you know, I will say that they made both those guys look strong. I mean, everyone looks strong in this match. Yeah, it's just like the, the clothesline finish doesn't look strong, but if you got to do it fast... At least a surprise. I don't remember if it was to the back of his head. If it was, then that's maybe that, smart maybe enough. Maybe that was to the back of the head. I know it was a, I know it was a surprise. Like, Ice Train wasn't ready for it. So, if you got him to the back of the head, that's good. Good for a couple minutes, anyway. Absolutely. Mean Gene then brings the nature boy, Ric Flair, woman, and Miss Elizabeth out to the stage area. And Nate is asked about any reservations he is having about tonight's match. And he responds with, look at these ladies. Does it look like I'm worried? And the woman says that the giant is a small man compared to the champ, while Liz agrees, followed by Flair telling the giant to come and get it. And probably Flair's worst promo oh, yeah. we've ever seen. It's not a great one. That old woman, old woman, won't you marry me now? And ex-Mrs. Savage, now Miss Elizabeth. I don't know why he said that, because she's always been Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> It's um, <laughs> not concise at all. But, nope. I mean, I mean he's, he's, got, he's probably got a lot to think about. A lot on to, his mind at the moment. You literally need to waste three minutes on a show. Having Flair do a promo is usually pretty solid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He comes out there with the intensity and, you know, kind of ultimate warriors it up with just random words at times. And, and a woo. But, yeah. I mean, when you're when you're getting ready to face the giant who can't seem to form many sentences together anything that you do is probably going to be okay he's very good at rhyming that's, <laughs> that's that's honestly his gimmick is that he's big and he rhymes yeah if if i could request he talk in rhyme i'd ask him to do it all the time <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> we go to commercial but when we come back we get a video showing ice breaking with the words blood runs cold and a very Mortal Kombat logo I know, when comes I... on the screen with coming to WCW at the bottom. What's funny is I was like, oh yeah, Mortal Kombat. But my first thought when they showed the weird logo was like, this looks like some Sequest shit. Nope. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait a second. I know what this is. You're going to wish it was. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the ice train. It is but not the ice train. No. Stay tuned. The ice train's here. Yep. Also, get your WCW magazine to find out the real deal between Liz and Randy. If there is a plot to end Hulkamania and an exclusive interview with Medusa. Wait a minute, I thought there already was a plot to take down There's to always a plot to end Hulkamania, which is yeah, the, there whole was reason for the last pay-per-view. Yeah. The whole reason for Hulkamania is that there's constantly a plot to end Hulkamania. And, we know what the real and it deal never is. ends. They got divorced. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. They, they've been divorced since almost around the time that they got Mary. fake married on TV. <laughs> well, we come back and we go to our third match. Lord Steven Regal versus Belfast Bruiser in a parking lot brawl. So the two men are literally in a parking lot surrounded by a few cars and guardrails to hold the fans back. Yeah, the cars are kind of parked like a target or a cross where it's like north, south, east, west, west all facing each other. Is this their answer to the uh, gold dust Roddy Piper? <laughs> it might be. I, that's what I thought too. And I was like, I liked the match that they had last time. And now you're going to put a gimmick on it that it doesn't need? I'd like to see these two in the ring. But... Either way, I, since I really enjoyed that last match, uh, even though they didn't have the greatest finish, these guys really went hard at each other, so I was, you know, my interest is peaked. Bruiser immediately slams Lord Steven headfirst into the hood of a car, opens a door to ram Regal's head, leaving Lord Steven against the car, so Finley goes for a big boot, only for Regal to move, sending Bruiser's foot through the window. I mean... They're not fucking around. No, nice little start already. <laughs> I know, I was like, damn, he really put his foot straight through that tiny window. Lord Steven takes control, throwing Finley into a couple of the cars, but a headbutt allows Bruiser to break free and grab a cinder block, only for Regal to kick it out of his hand, followed by grinding Finley's face into it. More brawling between the two when Bruiser slams Lord Steven's head into an open tailgate, grabs a tire, and rams it into Regal's ribs multiple times. I mean, they kicked Cactus Jack out because they were scared he was going to hurt himself. Now we're doing this? He would have loved to do this. (laughs) Lord Steven's head takes a bumper off of a Chevy Blazer, so Finley uses it as a weapon until he body slams Regal onto a different car's hood. Lord Steven fights back to smash Bruiser's head into a GMC before climbing (laughs) up to drop an elbow. Back on their feet, Regal's hitting some knees, but they get close enough to the driver's seat that Finley grabs the seatbelt to begin choking Lord Steven. They're really using uh, yeah, every part of the car. It's like a Native American tribe in a buffalo out here. <laughs> More brawling with Bruiser dropping Regal onto a guardrail, but he fights back for them to make their way into the bed of a truck where both guys smash the other's head onto the roof. And they climb their way onto the hood, where it looks like Finley wants to go for a face plant, but there isn't enough room for Regal to do that safely, so they just fall off to the concrete. I mean, you know, they did the right thing. Bruiser smashes Lord Steven's head into a side mirror and into a window that doesn't break. Ouch. With Bischoff threatening to force the camera to pull back as this is getting out of control. Yep, there's blood on Steven Regal's shirt, and Eric, he says it over and over again, but he's like, I want to tell the camera guys... Uh, pull wide, I'm telling you now. And he just keeps coming back and saying, it's like, uh, we need to pull wide, guys. I don't want to get kicked off of television. Did, like, he does uh, everything but say, I don't want to get kicked off television. Did Eric not watch their last match? Because I could have saw yeah. this coming. I'm like, <laughs> it's cars. Like, you're slamming your head into <clears throat> cars. And these like, two guys aren't going to, they're not going to, you know, Hogan and, and uh, Giant it. No. You know, they, they're, they're wrestlers. Yeah, these are are, are professionals. Yeah. Regal starts to fight back and tosses Finley into a car door that ends up breaking the window before delivering some jabs, but a poke to the eyes give the bruiser some distance. Pull wider, please. Only for Lord Steven to grab the bumper to smash across Finley's ribs. 
Bruiser fights back to kick away the bumper, and he headbutts Regal back towards the vehicle before climbing up to drop another elbow on the hood. Finley picks Lord Steven up for a tombstone on the concrete, but he's able to escape as the cameras pull wide because Bischoff thinks this is too gruesome. (laughs) And Bruiser has his head slammed into the hood of a car before being dragged up onto it as well, where Regal sets up for a pile driver, but Finley reverses and back body drops Lord Steven onto the top of the vehicle. Nice. Bruiser slams Regal's head onto the car again, before grabbing a waist lock for a suplex. But Lord Steven with a low blow mule kick allows him to hit the pile driver on top of the vehicle Oof. and makes a cover for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Mule I, kick right to the shillelagh. I knew uh, I know some used car salesmen that this should happen to. <laughs> Post match, Finley grabs the bumper and wants to keep going after Regal, but the ref slows him as we head to commercial with Bobby Yelling. That that's his rental car. <laughs> I mean, I would have preferred this in a ring, but they went further than I expected them to, especially on TV. Yes. They like and also it's like these guys aren't like super. Or neither of them are over in WCW. Like Steven's been a pretty decent heel that catches booze and stuff, but you're gonna put him in a match with cars and you don't expect him to go hard like they did the last time. Like this is how. You make people interested in your matches. Yep. I mean, hell, you saw what he was like when he was in the ring with Anoki. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the greatest match, but you could tell Regal wanted to get in there and do some shit. Yeah. But he was just in there with an old man. They got their working boots on. Yeah. This is is like, you know, modern day Seamus and Gunther or whatever, just getting in there and beating the shit out of each other because they know, A, that's what we're paid to do, and B, that's what people want to fucking see. Give them what they want. His name—he's the Belfast Bruiser. Yeah. Regal's got to meet him there. It's not going. This isn't a. This isn't a catch match. Yeah. This he's, isn't Regal and Alex Wright. That's right. He's not the Chicago Street Fighter. He's the Belfast Bruiser. It's he all in the bruises. name. It's all right there. So we go to our fourth match: the Giant with Jimmy Hart versus the Nature Boy Ric Flair with Miss Elizabeth and Woman for the WCW World. Heavyweight Championship. So, you're probably thinking that this is the title shot that the Giant won for beating Loch Ness at Uncensored. Remember, remember that? Made him the number one contender. I, I'm not going to lie. I try for, to forget, forget as much as possible. I mean, we all try and forget that. Yeah, I've totally... I was like, <laughs> oh, you said Loch Ness. Fee-fi-fo-fum, I'm going to come for your title, bub. But <laughs> that match was to be the number one contender. This match is not that match. They had actually had that match the day after Uncensored. Yeah. During that match, Arn Anderson would come down with a chair and whack the giant over the back. Kevin Sullivan would be there because giant's in the Dungeon of Doom. And he would rip the chair away from Arn Anderson. So when the giant turned, he thought the Taskmaster had done the deed. So Sullivan went for a ride with a choke slam, and the ref threw out the match. Oh. So it was a no contest, basically. So has he left the Dungeon of Doom at this point? At this point, he has still not left the Dungeon of Doom. Okay. I'm sure, I guess, uh, I guess he apologized. He I guess just, Kevin Sullivan was very persuasive at apologizing. He just wants Jimmy, I guess. We move forward a couple weeks. <laughs> on Nitro, the previous week to this one, the Giant and Nate had teamed up for a match 
for the tag belts. Only to see Woman hand the Nature Boy a cup of coffee to throw in Sting and Luger's face. But they would duck, and the coffee would splash all over the giant, causing him to get pissed off and want another title shot. Oh, okay. And so that's, that's all how, it takes. That's how we're that's at all, this match. That's all it takes. I'm spill my coffee on somebody and... Or wait, no. I'm going to spill somebody's coffee on me so I can get a title shot. That's all well, you Well, he need. threw it and, and it ended up landing oh, on the yeah. giant. Yeah, but I mean, that's all it takes is I'm going to throw coffee on you by accident. So here, have a championship match. Throw away. I guess, I mean, the other one was a DQ. So... Uh, whatever. We're, We're jumping hoops here yeah. <laughs> with storylines, guys. Yeah. I'm just just laying them out for you. So as Flair makes his way to the ring, he stops by a young lady to talk to her because you know we can't have enough women at his side. Mm-mm. That woman happens to be Deborah, Deborah McMichael. Michael. But she tells him to leave her alone. I forgot what Deborah kind of looked like when she first started before the extra... Plastic surgery that happens over the years. She actually had that, I don't know, youthful. She's already had some work done, but she just had a more youthful, she was almost natural look to her. I mean, uh, she I recognized her immediately, so she never got so much work. Well, I don't know what she looks like now. That she was unrecognizable, because I know her from, you know, Attitude Era. Oh, yeah, but it's like looking at, uh, I almost said Jenny McCarthy. Missy. At Pamela Anderson. <laughs> okay. From when she first from started ninety three to ninety eight or whatever. Yeah, yeah, when she first started out as the, the the tool time girl, and then was in barbed wire. Yeah, you know, just those few years in between there. There's a whole lot of changes that went on, and Deborah kind of mimics that later on. But the match gets going with Nate stalling early on for trying several shoulder blocks and chops, which obviously don't work. When the giant would press slam the Nature Boy. And whip him to the corner for a flare flip to the floor. The giant would give chase around ringside and back into the ring, where Nate would deliver a thumb to the eye. Nature Boy tries chops, but the giant continues to no sell and whip Flair to the corner, charging in with a back elbow, only for Nate to avoid. The Nature Boy heads to the top rope, where the giant press slams him off to the mat, hitting a vertical suplex and goes for the choke slam only for Flair to have his arms and legs tied up in the ropes to block. Liz and Woman jump up on the apron to distract the ref, allowing Nate to hit Giant's fee-fi-foes to take him off his feet. And the Nature Boy continues with rights and lefts, but the Giant continuously just shoves him away. Jimmy Hart's now climbed up onto the apron to explain to the ref about the low blow, which allows Flair to grab some brass knucks from his knee pads. And the giant makes it back to his feet, only to be dropped right back down with a shot to the face. And Nate does some strutting before locking on the figure four. But the giant sits up and grabs the nature boy by the throat. Because he's that tall. Lifting him up to hit a choke slam for the pin. And, and the win. win. And noom! Bummer. Post-match, <laughs> Mean Gene comes into the ring to interview the new champion. And the Giant addresses Hulk, Sting, Luger, and Savage. Come one, come all. At the hands of the Giant, you doggone sure you're gonna fall. Oh my god. 
<laughs> Oakland sends it to our commentators to review what we just saw. And they announced that the Giant will face Sting at Slamboree before saying their goodbyes. And we fade to black. Hmm. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Monday Night Nitro? Way to piss all over the figure four. I know he's tall, but he's in the figure four and he just sits up and then reaches across because he's tall enough and grabs him by the neck so it breaks it. And then from there he stands up and choke slams him one, two, three. I think it's interesting that he's tall enough to do that. It made me wonder if he was tall enough where he could have like just grabbed him and choke slammed him while he was still sitting down. Oh, that would have been that would have been, been a, a cool hell of a sight, visual. But yeah, I I don't think he, well, I mean yeah he is that tall, but I don't know how tall he is sitting down with Ric Flair standing up. Yeah. If it would look right or if it would just sour everything. Yeah, I mean it had to happen eventually. This wasn't a terrible episode. It 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 had some some stuff and some things. You know, you've got a title change that wasn't reversed in scandal like his last one. Let me flip back through my pages They're here. They're like, well, he's not going to be able to take it from Hogan. Put it on the Giant. Then when Hogan gets back from vacation or shooting Suburban Commando 2, uh, you know, he'll have a big monster to, uh, to beat uh, that already took out Ric Flair and whoever else on the way. Is, that was that's my immediate thought. Yeah, I mean they they basically were just building us up for the uh, failing on me. Slamboree. Slamboree. There we go. Yeah, but like, um, why is Sting? Just, when did Sting? They're become, tag team champions. But that makes you number one contender. Oh, that I don't know. She's like, who's <clears> the <throat> next most over guy in the company? That's I not mean, Rick really or Hogan. Five main eventers. Yeah. In WCW and. Yeah, we Hogan's know. Hogan's off shooting. Yeah, Lex, Lex Lex is already on a team. Well, Lex is with Sting. Well, no, I mean, but for the the lethal Le- lottery, Lex is in the lethal lottery. Yeah, Flair Flair's in the lethal lottery, but and but Sting's bigger than Lex. He's I, I mean, he never he never left. That's the thing about Sting. It's like he is Mister WCW. Yeah. As far as like, that goes, like he is. I, I also, skipped over you here. On I also last think the. Hogan's um, not here, so go ahead and get in the main event. Who has the best matches with super heavyweights? Sting. Sting. Yeah, I mean, he's... It's Sting! Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was like, well, I mean, I don't want to see Lex versus the Giant. Yeah. Sting versus the Giant is the best possible option. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's plain and simple. Why Which we... is obviously, like, I guess that's why they did it. I was just curious. I was like, oh, I guess, well, he is, like I said, Macho Man Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Lex Luger, Sting, and it's been a rule since Hogan it's joined Rick that Flair, that's it. if Hogan's on a show, Sting can't be in the main event. So if Hogan's not there, go ahead and give Sting that top spot. Just because just if anybody des- if anybody deserves it, it's Sting. So this is the kind of episode that I remember watching and enjoying when I was a kid, getting to see a bunch of my favorites, seeing a fight, that Regal Belfast Bruiser fight. And a title change is the way they hook you in to make you go, oh, I need to watch this show every week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to happen from time to time. Everything on the show, I feel, is solid. And continue storylines, even if they weren't completely told to us. Yeah, even if they were not uh, done, done the best. But a lot of that, I think, is WCW at this point is just kind of treading water. 
to get to the Great American Bat because like Sambury, it's the lethal lottery. I'm like, there's three matches of substance really. It is a B to C. And Great American Bash is six weeks away. So they're like I said, they're just kind of treading water. So I find this episode to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a hard watch, but they never are when they're this short. No, they never are. And if you want to see Giants first major win. It's here. I mean, yes, he beat Hogan, but then they took the title away, and they he's not technically, he never was officially the champion. Yeah. Then this is his first championship win. Fell off the side of a building for that man and still couldn't even get the belt. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right, fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So what are some of the best moments of the show? Um... Bischoff crapping his pants about the blood on TV was very funny. I got a big old kick out of that. That dude, like, was like, take a blood pressure pill, brother. Yeah. Just a little blood. That was such a hard-hitting match that it was just like... I I mean, I was surprised that they were showing it on on TV as well. Yeah, this is like prime prime uncensored. Put put it on pay-per-view and, I mean... But as we found out, even on pay-per-view, they're going to go to the fucking wide shot, so... Yeah. Yeah, but at least you know, get yelled at, but Have they'll get let, get yelled at um, less maybe. But yeah, I would have preferred to see it in a ring. But I think considering the like how silly this was, they did about as good of a job as you can. And for a, a match like that that wasn't taped in advance, if it wasn't taped in advance, I'm assuming it was live. No, it was live. There was people yeah, out there. Yeah, they just like yeah, they you know. they did a a nice job on it. Even if it was taped in advance, it was, feels like it was taped that night. Maybe it was like the first match of the show or something, so they get the other people back in the building. But either way, like it was, it was not cinematic. It didn't have the feel. It felt a little bit more like a match than our Gold Dust Piper thing, which we Definitely. still had a good amount of fun with, considering. But this, you know, this was contained. I mean, I love the big boy tag teams throwing each other around. Yes. It yeah. was only a couple minutes, but everybody got off a big power move or two. Oh, yeah. It was a, a good introduction for Scott Norton to people who weren't familiar with him. And Scott Norton, you know, he knows the Steiner brothers. Yeah. They, they worked together plenty on uh, elsewhere, so, you know, those four guys know how to throw together I mean, the a Steiner brothers had only been back for a couple of weeks at this time. I mean, it's the first time we've seen them in quite some time. Yeah, I was excited. So... It's always fun to see the Steiner brothers. Yeah, yeah. And don't worry, they're gonna as their favorites of ours. Break them up for a four-hour pay-per-view. How about most disappointing? Flair promo. The Flair promo. Flair promo. I mean, Flair losing the belt stinks, but it's not like I didn't think he was. I think I it's like hilarious. The giant run. It's not like it wasn't telegraphed. So, to me. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the giant got cheers when he won the belt. Yes. I literally think it's because Flair is always basically a heel. But he the also giant, is like but the hiding giant, behind women. But the giant is a heel as well. Yeah. It was a heel heel match. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, Dungeon of Doom is heel. Jamie Hart is heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, <laughs> it is weird to see you, a heel, you heel never match. you never see a heel heel match. But I mean, Flair will have them more often than anybody else, just because he can really yeah, work he's whichever. Flair. Yeah, exactly. But I just thought it was. So it's kind of it was disappointing to hear the crowd cheer a flare loss. 
I mean, yeah. It doesn't really matter. We all know that this belt's going to end up back on Hogan's waist as soon as he comes back. So, like... Starcade. Whenever they move this belt around, it's like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, we might as well try to get over I mean, this if, big guy that we've been... Like, if we can call him a former world champion the next time he faces Hogan or yeah. You know, yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it puts a little bit more oomph on his resume. Basically. Yeah, you can make so. your top guys six instead of five. That's no small feat. Most companies don't have more than four or five top guys at any given time, and that's still a lot for yeah. most companies at any given time. I mean, time they could definitely... Every company could have more. They just don't. 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 Yeah. Which, I mean, you can't have you can't have ten top guys. But you should probably have at least five or six. Wait for early 2000s WWE. I mean, yeah, yep. but that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's why they're... Uh, here today. What was it the SmackDown Seven? Is that what it was? Or SmackDown Six? It was either six or seven. Like it was six or seven guys that literally carried SmackDown in like the early two thousands. Yeah, because they only had because it was Benoit, Eddie, Taker, Taker. I, was Edge part of that group yet? Yeah. I think Edge was coming up. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Yeah. So it was like, I mean, the Elimination Chamber were good matches. When back started, then, because yeah. like literally, you did not know who was going to come out yeah. of the match. As much as they the hot potatoed back then, it was it was okay because there was game. Yeah, everybody was over. Yeah, yeah, you had former champion going after former champions. Anything else disappointing, guys? Well, there's not really anything that's just outright disappointing I mean, on this. Show, Mongo's right? always a disappointment, but even that's he just was just. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was passable on this one, you know, mm-hmm. sticking up for his wife and you know talking shit about Flair. How about best performer of the night? I don't know, I Bruiser, to... Regal, Reza, yeah, like Bruiser, or Regal? I mean, I don't. By both guys are very, very impressive. I mean, I don't feel like the second tag match was really long enough because all four of those guys delivered for the two minutes yeah. they were in the ring, but those guys did a great job with something that dumb. And made it look like a fight. So I'll let them, uh, you know, share the the best performer tag team belt. All we know is it's not Bischoff. No. Just keep the, keep the camera on him. That's right. How are you supposed? How are you going to win the ratings? They're not so great ratings war at the moment because they're both pretty, you know, low in views. I believe. <laughs> you know what wins ratings? Blood. How about most surprising? I mean, were you surprised at the title change? No, I had a feeling that's why we watch, we're going to watch it. I knew that the Giant wins the belt early in his career. And, you know, I know I like, actually won it. Not, yeah. not the like weird, you know, Hogan kerfuffle yeah. type shit. Kerfuffle? Uh-huh. It was okay for, I guess, a... TV match with Ric Flair and a big giant. I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but it happened, and it happened on TV, and maybe people will, you know, pay to see Sting. I'll say I'm surprised there wasn't more shenanigans in the main event. True. That is true. I mean, we, all they're basically. We, I mean, we had everybody jump, all the managers jumping on the apron to distract. Uh-huh. A nut and shot. Then, and a. Brass knucks. Brass knucks, and he did hide behind the girls at one point, but of course he did. But yeah, so it's like they did all the things I guess that you kind of would have done, with the exception of like Arn or something coming out. Yeah, 
I was surprised we didn't have a double A run in. Yeah, but you know, um, it could only had it only had a few minutes, really. Yeah, I mean the fact that they'll tape it and show it to us next week. Yeah, there wasn't a, the winner of this match faces Sting at the pay per view earlier in the show. It was said as the camera was about to to shut off. I think that was the only time yeah. I remember hearing it. Yeah, like you said, so, it's just like, oh well, it's like new Sting, champion, but yeah. you know, who's he gonna face? I mean, he called out. He right called now. out the other main eventers. Oh, I guess Savage is there too. So, I guess there's six main eventers. But like you said, I'd much rather see Sting how, versus how I the Giant. Macho is weird. But <laughs> yeah, Macho hasn't felt like a main eventer in no, WCW. He, he feels at all. He yeah. all, he all, he feels like a step above like hacksaw at this point. I don't know if I go that low. But. I mean, the way that like hacksaw gets reactions in WCW and is like kind of booked decent in the middle of the card whether you like it or not and he just feels like the step above there but he doesn't feel like Flair or Sting does yeah. or the Giant for that matter obviously he's the new champion making their way to the ring it's trivia time oh shite this week the category is TikTok So the closest to the time will score five points. It's not prices right rules, so it's whoever's closest to the time. Okay. The show was Spring Stampede '94, and the match was the Nasty Boys versus Cactus Jack and Max Payne for the WCW Tag Team Championships. In a Chicago street fight. Okay. We're going with how long the match is. How long the match was. Oh, here, let me enter my number on here so we so we don't can't build off each other. Yeah, that's fair for sure. Plus, it's easier for me to do math if I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for... Regis, my answer is locked. We'll say... Uh, let's change it to this. All right, right, let's see those times. Shane has 9 minutes and 43 seconds. Michael has 12 minutes and 48 seconds. Shane gets the points. What was it? As the time was 8 minutes and 58 seconds. I was close. My original number was 8.02. I'm like, that's a little slow. I gave him a little more time because I was thinking, I was like, maybe it was like, since it was a street fight, I gave him a couple more minutes. But see, uh, it was, was that's, I, that would have been a long street fight for these four guys, probably it's the second match. I can't match remember Max Payne having more than a 10 minute match, so. <laughs> he probably point. Yeah, Max Payne should have been. He the, shouldn't have a match longer than 10 <laughs> yeah. minutes. The only person that has a shorter stint in, is maybe PN News. Remember PN oh, News? Oh, PN. He had some good moments with those stuff. Hey. Oh, uh, we got we got new guys to do that now, and there's two of them. Next week, are they? Yes, they are. Unfortunately, <laughs> next week, a matter of respect. It's a matter of respect. So we're headed to Philly for that one. Oh, yay! We're back in Philly. So the music for this week's show is Firestorm. I found what the actual title of the Nitro oh, theme song was. Ah. And Giant won our main event, so we play his theme music, The Dungeon of Doom by Whoa. Jimmy Hart. I don't even know what it sounds like. There's like a laughing. Yeah, person Taskmaster in the laughs. 
Probably it's, literally, it's literally the only reason why I knew he was still in the Dungeon of Doom was because that was the theme song that played. <laughs> yeah. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast at. Do as Michael says. Five stars or no stars. Come on. It's a matter of respect. <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, concerns, Philly food ideas, your you watched this show and you had a totally different take on us you should slide into our dms something get just communicate with us talk to us we we want to know what you're thinking but you can do that on our email at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com or find us on twitter at wrestling histox that's wrestling h-i-s-t-o-x we'll talk to you next week so i did what i did when i said laters